This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, March 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. USDA concerned about lower insurance coverage. Super Tuesday's here. Purdue says KC providing easier draw than DC. Purdue looking at insurance fix. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Purdue says he's looking into whether he can do something about the drop in crop insurance price guarantees this year. I'm not sure whether we legally have the flexibility to adjust those or not, but that's one of the things we're looking at right now. Purdue spoke yesterday while attending the National Farmers Union annual meeting in Savannah, Georgia. As prices have gone down, the safety net has gone down as well, he said. That's a serious consideration that we need to look at. The 2020 corn crop insurance price is 388 a bushel, down 3% from last year. That according to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The soybean price of 917 a bushel is down nearly 4% from last year. Both the corn and the soybean prices are the lowest since 2016. The cotton price is 68 cents. 7% under the 2019 level. Now keep in mind, whether Purdue has the legal authority to adjust crop insurance prices is one question. Another question is whether it's advisable from a policy or political standpoint. Some observers worry that it could undermine congressional support for crop insurance if USDA interferes with what is supposed to be a market-based program. Also, When insurance prices drop, premiums do as well. Last Senate Ag Committee member out of race. Super Tuesday's here. Sixteen states and territories, about one-third of the delegates needed to win the Democratic nomination, are up for grabs. We'll be watching to see how the rule vote goes. On the eve of the voting, the last candidate from the Senate Ag Committee, Amy Klobuchar, dropped out of the running and endorsed former Vice President Joe Biden. At one point, Klobuchar was one of three members of the Ag Committee who were candidates at a fourth. Sherrod Brown of Ohio briefly considered a run. Michael Bennett of Colorado and Kirsten Gillibrand of New York were the others. Klobuchar ran as the candidate who could win over rural voters and moderates in the Midwest, but she earned little support from minorities as the campaign moved away from Iowa and New Hampshire, and she dropped out before her home state could vote today. Take note, the Wisconsin Farmers Union is organizing a forum on March 29th for the remaining candidates. The Wisconsin primary is April 7th. Purdue defends ERS relocation as agency works to fill vacancies. Purdue says USDA is aggressively pursuing and recruiting candidates to fill vacancies at the Economic Research Service, which is about half of the 239 employees it had as of September 30, the end of the fiscal year 2019. In today's economy with unemployment, it's tougher to recruit people to federal government, Purdue told reporters in Savannah. Before, you would have thought people would have wanted a federal job. But Purdue argued it was also easier to recruit employees in Kansas City, home to new offices for the ERS and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, than in D.C. Keep in mind. House Democrats have been worried about staffing shortages across the department and plan to address that in Wednesday's House Ag hearing with Purdue. 
As of February 1, ERS had a total of 122 employees and NIFA 116. As of September 30, NIFA had 288 employees. The White House fiscal 2021 budget calls for a 27% cut of the ERS budget to $62 billion, enough for 187 employees, far below the 329 employees funded for the current fiscal year. USDA says it has well over 150 active recruitments in process for both ERS and NIFA. NFU changes leadership. The National Farmers Union new president is Rob LaRue, a former aide to House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson, who had been the group's top lobbyist. He replaces Roger Johnson, who's retired. LaRue told reporters he wants to increase NFU's membership. The group has 200,000 members in 33 states, but 56% of the membership is in two states, North Dakota and Oklahoma. I think there's a lot of opportunity in a number of parts of the country, LaRue said. I think a big part of it is getting really out there and out in front on what we stand for. By the way, Purdue, who spoke to the NFU earlier on Monday, paid a lighthearted tribute to Johnson. He said, you know that he's even keel. He's kind. He's polite. He's mannerly. But he can sure write a mean letter sometimes. You can read about additional coverage from the NFU convention at www.agripulse.com. China researchers claim swine fever vaccine. Chinese researchers are claiming victory in the effort to create a vaccine for African swine fever, the virus that has decimated pork production throughout China. The Harbin Veterinary Research Institute of the Chinese Academy of Agriculture Sciences reports it has an ASF vaccine that is, quote, a solid step towards industrial application. The announcement out of China is just one of some recent breakthroughs reported. The American Society for Microbiology published results last month for a new experimental vaccine against African swine fever that appears to be far more effective than previously developed vaccines. China looks into gene editing but lacks regulation. China's Academy of Sciences and Academy of Agriculture Sciences is pushing to innovate with gene editing science, but the efforts still have little chance of producing substantive results, according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Researchers are publishing dozens of papers on gene editing with CRISPR technology, but without clear regulation, scientists lack the ability to commercialize this research. Meanwhile, China's approval process for biotech traits, both for import and cultivation, remains opaque and extremely lengthy. China has pledged to make significant changes to the system under the new U.S. trade pact, but they have not materialized as yet. Here's today's He Said It. For a D effort, they get the world's biggest trophies. Lobbyist Bruce Melman speaking at the National Anti-Hunger Policy Conference about the awards that trade and advocacy groups give to members of Congress. He encourages the practice as a real smart lobbying tool. Honoring lawmakers can encourage them to support a group's issues in the future, even if their voting record hasn't been that strong, he said. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, March 3rd, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com.
For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.